0: What a beautiful song to end on as we head into our time of study of God's word. He's a holy God, uh, worthy to be praised. Uh, I love hearing you sing on the front row, and I get to hear all the sound. It's beautiful. This is my friend, Joe Byler, and I purposely use that word friend. He is also our overseer, which means he is the one that gives me and our elders advice and spiritual guidance as we work through different issues. But one of the things that I've found about Joe, as I've known him now for seven plus years as uh, as my overseer, is his humility in, in his guidance. Uh, I've never felt like he ever came in saying, you must do this, you have to do that. Uh, but rather he came in and he would listen and he would say, well, it seems to me that this might be a good option, or what does God's word say about that? How does that inform the situation? So I've grown to appreciate him in that respect. And so thank you, Joe, for faithfully uh, guiding us. Uh, His wife, Naomi, is here with him this morning. Uh, I had the privilege of having her as a student in the counseling course that I teach for Rosedale Bible College uh, last year, a delight to have in class. And so it's a privilege to have both of them here. Uh, Joe pastors Oakdale Church in Pennsylvania, That's his uh, full-time occupation, as well as providing leadership uh, in an oversight role to us. And I think some other churches as well. Are we the only one right now? A few other churches. I thought there were. So if you would, Joe, let me pray for you, and then we'll turn our attention to God's word. Father, thank you for bringing Joe into my life and into the life of this congregation. And now I pray that you would use him to teach us from your word. And I know that it would be Joe's heart and desire uh, to hear, uh, for us to hear you speak, not uh, not him, but your word through him. And so I pray now that you would use him as a vessel uh, to teach us so that we know how to leave here and be a fearless ambassador, uh, as we'll learn in a moment. So bless him now as he speaks. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
1: Well, Sean, it's a privilege. Am I on here? Yeah, it's a privilege to be uh I'm humbled to be called your friend. Thank you. You are a friend of mine. And what a joy to be with you uh, this weekend with the elders yesterday and then this morning, uh, just worshiping with you. Thank you for that time of worship. Uh, What a blessing to be able to gather with the gathered church in the name of Jesus and just to worship him and uh, seek his truth and his Holy Spirit working in our hearts again this morning. Well, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians, the last chapter. There's several verses there that I would like to focus on this morning. And that is chapter six, starting at verse 19. They're pretty simple verses. And uh, I'm going to read them and then I'll do a little bit of introduction and then we'll look at them uh, a bit closer. So the end of toward the end, the last several verses in the book of Ephesians. Paul says, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador. See that? Ambassador in chains. And pray that I may declare it fearlessly. Isn't that interesting? You'd think that the Apostle Paul would be like one of the most boldest. Don't need to pray for me. I'm I'm not afraid, but he said pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So Lord, uh, open your word to us here this morning. Now the the reason my mind went to this passage, uh, hopefully led by the Holy Spirit. But over the last, uh, ever since Sean has been my friend, we've been working together as pastor and overseer. I uh, heard I keep hearing Sean's heart and uh, the elders here, and Ryan and the other pastor, Jason. Just um, that. Oh, we have we're so blessed as a congregation here we have people, we have people that are committed to following Jesus. We have mature believers, people that are filled with the Holy Spirit. These are kind of my words, not as much theirs, so I'm not quoting you, but this is my sense uh, we We sang that, we prayed that, didn't we? come, gracious spirit, heavenly dove, holy Spirit, fill us, and you know what? God heard your prayer. And if you're a believer here this morning, then he answered that prayer. So we're a group of believers. We have the Holy Spirit. We have resources, the divine power. We have a building, facilities here. So Lord, uh, help us to impact our community for you. That's kind of the heart that I'm hearing Continually from Pastor Shauna. Yesterday, the elders, uh, that was a specific uh, focus of discussion is how can, what does God want to do for us here as a church to share the gospel, to impact our community with this amazing good news. You have this amazing resource of people all around you in this uh, growing population. Several weeks ago, I listened to your sermon, Sean, a 50,000 increase in the county in ten last uh, since the last census. And, and it's people, people. Um, I'm from uh, western Pennsylvania. Neum and I moved there 30 years to pastor a church. And it's quite rural. It's very beautiful, mountainous, uh, but we don't have the people. There are people there, but just to illustrate, I um, thought of a number of years ago, we went on a short road trip, went down to Winchester, Virginia, and next kind of across the state line, and our one of our sons was sleeping, and we stopped at a traffic light, and as I remember, there was like five cars here, five cars here, five, whatever, you know, and he looked up, wow, he said, look at all the traffic, and so that tells you how rural we are. Uh, we have people, and God's called us to the same work. But, so you have an amazing opportunity here. So the title of the message is simply Fearless Ambassador, and that's what Paul prayed for. So um, that's you no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, you have the Holy Spirit in you as you've given your heart to Jesus, if you have. Now, it's God's will for you to be a fearless ambassador for Him, for Jesus. I can say that with certainty because I share, as you do, a belief in... God's word is truth. And God's word clearly said it. Thank you for that call to worship uh, from that great text in 2 Corinthians that we are Christ's ambassadors. So we are called to be a fearless ambassador. So now let me just back up a little bit. Uh, These are the last words from the book of Ephesians. I've been spending a lot of time in Ephesians. So that first slide there, one of the commentaries on Ephesians that I just love so much is, um, watch Money. He was a uh, Chinese pastor. He uh, was very effective in preaching, teaching, planting, and then churches. And then he was, of course, as back in the days of the communism, he was arrested. He spent the last 20 years of his life in prison, and uh, he died in prison. And after he died, they found a note under his pillow. And this is what the note said. It was as the story is scrawled in shaky handwriting, his dying testimony, Christ is the son of God who died for the redemption of sinners as resurrected after three days. This is the greatest truth in the universe. I die because of my belief in Christ. He died a fearless ambassador in prison, under communism, but no fear, as I understand his life and testimony. And then he wrote this book in Ephesians called Sit, Walk, Stand. So the Ephesians begins with this amazing truth of the gospel, of being seated with Christ in the heavenlies. By grace are you saved through faith. And I have a question in your notes are posed. How would you explain the gospel to people? And, Sean, you're really going to get into this next Sunday, right? I saw that in the... So, uh, behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for... All the people. So we're going to save that one for your pastor to unpack that a bit more. But so we have this amazing truth of through our simple faith in Jesus doesn't take huge amount of faith. A simple trusting faith, in inviting Jesus to come into your surrendering your heart, just accepting Him as King Jesus, the King of your life. Then you are seated with Him in the heavenlies, and you have all the riches of Christ to you're available. It's amazing truth. You can go to the next slide there. And then, uh, so our position is to be seated with Christ. And then, then Paul gets into a number of chapters there about, I want you to walk worthy of Christ. So how you walk does matter. It's very important. So you want to be a fearless ambassador. So you ask, Lord, do I have uh, am I a child of yours? And you can say a resounding yes if you have just simply invited Jesus to, into your heart and you've asked Jesus to forgive you and you, your desire is to make Jesus the king of your life. Then you were seated with him. Then you need to ask, uh, Lord, am I walking worthy? Are there areas in my life that you are not pleased with? Now, full disclosure, uh, on a typical Sunday morning, happened this morning, as we're singing, as we're worshiping, the Holy Spirit is nudging me, Joe, you know, and I'm repenting before the Lord for attitudes, for thoughts. And so we're all on this journey of sanctification, don't use that as an excuse to hide sin. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about that. We are called to walk worthy. What I'm continually amazed at is that God doesn't wait and say, Well, once you reach this certain level of holiness, of maturity, then I will give you my power. And then you can be an ambassador. No, he wants us, he calls us, he empowers us from day one of our Christian walk to be an ambassador. But we're called to walk worthy. And then that great passage, and again, we sang about it this morning, about just the enemy. And our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Do you remember that verse? you know that verse in Ephesians 6? Say that with me. Our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood. So my hunch is this week somebody came into your life and you thought they're the enemy. They're my problem, right? Or some version of that. Uh, I have to keep reminding myself of this source. I love that passage. Our struggle is not against flesh and it's against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenlies and we can take our stand. We can take our stand against the wiles of the devil. So that's just a, a real brief uh, overview of this sit, walk, stand in the book of Ephesians. Now, back to this text. You can go to the next slide there. Uh, Paul says, and actually before verse 19, if you see in verse 18, Paul says, with this in mind, with this in mind. And he's thinking of the sit, walk, stand, the teachings, uh, that in the book of Ephesians is kind of a closing statement. With this in mind, and I put in uh, blue, bold, underlined these key words there. Pray for me that I will make uh, I will fearlessly make known the gospel. So pray, fear, the gospel ambassador. There it is again, pray fearlessly. So what does it mean? Now let me back up before I ask that. Is, um, so my assumption is Paul said, follow my examples, I follow Christ. So what Paul was called to do, we are called to do, not the specifics obviously, but to be an ambassador. That's our work. Second Corinthians 5. And we do struggle with fear. Now, Uh, I don't know for sure, but I I would guess a large percentage of us here, when we think of a fearless ambassador, simply being an ambassador is simply the E word, you know, the E word, evangelism. And immediately there's a level of anxiety, maybe guilt, fear, uh, something stirs within you, and maybe not. Maybe you say, oh, I wish I had the gift of evangelism. I don't, therefore. No, you can't use that excuse. Uh, This is so easy. It's so easy. I'm excited to share it with you. You know it already, but I want to remind you again. So you think of your fears, certainly if you're not walking worthy, that's a legitimate fear. And you can easily take care of that by coming to Jesus and getting help, counsel with someone to uh, take care of that fear. And, uh, you know, yesterday with the elders, you were talking about COVID and the last year and a half and how there's such a response of fear. People were, you know, social media is just fueling this thing of, we need to be afraid. And that's just not Jesus. I just don't see that in the scriptures at all. And just, you know, Paul imprisoned, you know, his life of encountering Jesus in a powerful way on the road to Damascus and then great persecution broke out. He was the one that was persecuting, dragging Christians out to destroy them before he met Jesus. And so, of all people, the church in Ephesians would have every reason, much more than we do, to live in fear. But Paul said, no. We could uh, fearlessly... Now, the way to overcome fear is so simple, and uh, I—we uh, pray, we pray. I know we pray. Yeah. No, I mean, and this is the thing that God's been showing me in this last years of my ministry here as I'm winding down. Uh, I just wish I'd have prayed more. I just wish I'd have prayed more. wish I'd have fretted less. And stratted, well, no, you need both. You need the structure. You need the, the divine needs a structure. But the power of prayer and how when we pray, then God works. So my wife, Naomi, often, we forget who said this, prayer is not preparation for the work. Did you ever hear that one? But prayer is what? The work. It's what we do. It's not preparation for what we do. It's what we do. God's children, we pray. Now, I have one more slide here before the closing there. Um, nope, I don't have one more slide, so go back. Uh, <laughs> forgot what I had or didn't have. Oh, there it is right there in front of me. So um, our message is the gospel. Our work is to be an ambassador. Our hindrance is the fear can so quickly make us pull back. And then our strategy is simply we pray. We pray. And prayer, uh, there's two things. You can talk a long time about it for a lot of scriptures, but... Um, Prayer releases God's will. We pray, our Father who art in heaven, right Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Why do we pray that? Well, it's because for reasons we don't understand, it is God's will. James 5, God told Elijah, it will not rain. What did Elijah do? He prayed. That it wouldn't rain. Why did he do that? Well, God told him to. Because as we pray, it releases God's will, God's power. And we don't understand that, but it's all through Scripture. God told Elijah, it's going to rain. What did Elijah do? Somebody? He prayed. He prayed fervently. And then he saw this little cloud come in this horizon. Why did he have to do that when God said it's going to rain? We don't know. But in obedience, we pray. So prayer releases God's will, and prayer draws us near to the heart of God, where we can be in his presence we, as we're praying, as we're, and then we can hear God's heart and find his strength, his power, his will. And I'm just uh, so amazed how effective prayer is. And so my burden, my desire, what I've been praying for you as a congregation, as you are in this area with all the resources and blessings that God have, that God would just, I know you pray. I'm not inferring you don't. But I just urge you to keep praying and pray more and believe that as you pray, God is going to release his power in your life personally. And I know that's that's the strategy, to be a fearless ambassador. So interestingly, I was working on this message, and Friday I get an email from a pastor friend, Dave, and he was—he's uh, <clears throat> with the Church of the Nazarene, and he said, "You know, I reminded. Uh, he shared a story with me about uh, a Church of the Nazarene pastor missionary in East Africa. And in East Africa, uh, still today, years ago, the church is just exploding in growth. And this Church of the Nazarene missionary pastor asked the church leaders there, What's your strategy?'" And they were like, "We pray, we pray." No, what what do you do? How is this working for you? Well, we pray, and then the Holy Spirit opens doors and guides us and brings us people and does this work. So we pray, and then they, when the the story goes on, this uh, African, East African pastor said, "What amazes us." is from what we understand of the church in America, how successful you are without prayer. So somehow we got this reputation that the church in America doesn't pray. Is that true? Is that fair? I don't know. You decide that. But uh, that's what he said. So Lord, teach us to pray. Remember the disciples asked that. Could that be your prayer? Lord teach us to pray my wife and I have very different styles of prayer uh, my wife is a uh, a list kind of person she uh, has notebooks and she any of you do that probably yeah uh, when I sit kneel down to pray or one of the first things that happens to me is that my mind goes off in a thousand directions. Uh, I think I have a case of ADD or something, but prayer has been hard work. So I discovered this amazingly effective way to prayer. It wasn't original with me. And it's simply, uh, I love God's word and I love to read it. And so I pray God's word. And I understand that the early church saw uh, God's word more as a prayer book than a guide book. Where we tend to think, here's um, the truth. It guides us. Um, I'm using my Bible for a roadmap. Uh, You guys don't know that song, but that's an old one. And, uh, but the early church saw it as a prayer book. It guided their prayers. So I don't know. Open my Bible. Psalms 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise you. And Lord, today, today I'm going to praise you. I want my life to exalt you. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Lord, and you make that in a prayer. You see someone, Lord, they need your compassion. They need your love. God, I need your compassion. Lord, I'm not slow to anger. So again today I ask you to forgive me. So you read the scriptures. You can do that, can't you? You read the scriptures and then you pray the scriptures. And that works in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you pray that God would make you a fearless ambassador. Could have lots of stories of prayer. One happened in Sarasota, so I'll share that with you. Years ago, we had pastor's conference here, and I brought our son, uh, uh, Amos, to, uh, along with me. Amos was 15, and uh, he uh, went with a friend out to the beach jogging one evening, and he came home, and all of a sudden, he got this really weird look on his face. He said, Dad, I uh, lost my wallet when I was jogging. I think he was 60. So, uh, well, no big deal. No. Your permit, Sarah, driver's permit, we can get another copy. And he didn't seem relieved. And he said, then uh, I, how much cash did you have, Phil, uh, Amos? And uh, he said, $700. I'm like, 16 years old, seven, what's the? And anyway, long story, but we had just changed his bank account, and he forgot, and he lost $700. Well, all right. Lesson learned. Next morning, call Naomi, and uh, she's back Pennsylvania. And well, Philip lost his wallet, lost seven hundred dollars. Ah, that's really weird. I had a dream last night that somebody found a wallet on the beach. It was a weird dream. So I hung up the phone and I told Amos that this morning. You're going to get a call. Somebody found your wallet. How does God do that? Why does that happen? I don't know, but about 10 o'clock that morning, my phone went off and somebody had found the wallet and it had all this cash in it and we drove out to Sarasota and picked up the wallet. Now, um, that's a, that's a, I share that story. It's a very meaningful story to me because God called Amos to join with um, R.I. Rosedale and him and his wife were in North Africa and Amos isn't his real name. But uh, he has had to live by faith. He has had to trust God for incredibly difficult situations. And this little $700 thing in Sarasota was a part of building faith, growing faith. That he could trust God in much more difficult situations. So, I want to pray for Amos and Alice in North Africa as their faith is still being tried. It's a mystery. We don't understand prayer. I, uh, from a distance, was with you back in February praying for Glenn, praying for God to heal him. And the Lord took Glenn. We don't understand that, do we? We know other people with COVID, and we prayed, and God healed them. And we don't understand that. Years ago, uh, one of our daughters was had an extended illness, and a pastor friend from up towards State College, PA, uh, his daughter had an illness, and we would get together every now and then. How's your daughter doing? We pray for our daughters, and he had two daughters and then um, Dwayne Isaac uh, his daughter died and the Lord miraculously healed our daughter and it doesn't make sense does it and then a few years later Dwayne and Marilyn's other daughter died of cancer when I see Dwayne and Marilyn, they have joy, they have peace, and we talk about their children, and there's tears that fill their eyes. But God answered prayer. The presence of Jesus. Five years ago, we had an elder, 58 years old, got cancer, We prayed and prayed. Ken in our church had cancer also. The Lord healed Ken. And Laverne died. And these five years later, we look back, and even his family and wife say, wow, Jesus heard our prayer. Jesus answered our prayer. And so many people are being impacted for the kingdom, for the gospel. The prayers were answered. As prayer releases God's will and, it, and draws us into a relationship with the Father, then we, uh, that relationship with the Father, we pray, not my will but thine be done. And we can see that the Lord is good. He is gracious and compassionate. And He's tenderhearted even when things don't go the way we want. And then we pray that we could be an ambassador. Lord, today, Fill me with your spirit, with your presence, with your power, so that uh, I could share your love with someone. My life, at work, relationships, at school, work, wherever. Lord, just I want to be an ambassador. That doesn't mean you have to walk around being a holy Joe. Well, what's wrong with being a holy Joe? I think it's pretty good. But just be. Let Jesus love through you. How do you do that? Well, you pray. You pray. You just ask Jesus to fill you with your spirit, and uh, and there's. I know I'm oversimplifying it, but maybe the church in East Africa, if they were sitting here, they would be shouting. Amen. Preach it. I mean, you're not doing that, but I I get that. We're a Mennonite church here. Uh, But they were saying, right on. This is how it works. That's what we do. We pray. And God hears our prayer. And we have become fearless ambassadors. Well, what's your strategy? How do you become that? We pray. And that's what Paul said. Pray. For me, Paul struggled with fear, didn't he? There were days that he wasn't a fearless ambassador. One would assume that because if he didn't have that need in life, he wouldn't have asked for prayer. Pray that I will make it fearlessly, the mystery of the gospel. I'm an ambassador. I'm in chains, but that's okay. I can be an ambassador in chains. Don't pray that I'll be out of the, my change. You, you caught that, right? Don't pray that we won't face persecution. That's an appropriate prayer. But in this text, Paul's just saying, I want to be an ambassador. I don't want to do it fearlessly. I struggle with fear. Paul had this thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was, but maybe that whatever it was prompted him toward fear. So he said, pray for me that I won't have to deal with this fear. Back to that passage that Sean read in 2 Corinthians. In verse 20, we implore you on Christ's behalf. We implore you, be reconciled to God. Goes on there. And then as God's fellow workers, we urge you, not to receive God's grace in vain. What did he mean by that? To receive God's grace in vain? Well, don't really know for sure. But in the context, it seems like that if we have accepted the message of reconciliation, if we have accepted the gospel. And our prayer isn't that, Lord, make me an ambassador. And Paul says that's kind of in vain. I'm not sure. Just think about that. Think about it. But we did not receive the message of the gospel, <clears throat> God's grace, in vain. So there's a prayer that I pray. That I'd like to share with you. I um, I told you that increasingly in the last years, my prayer life has been the Scripture, where I open my Bible and I have my list and the prayer requests and like that. But I love this. Uh, Prayer is the work. I actually have one more story I, I think I'll share with you. And this happened, uh, close friends of ours, uh, and I hear that many of you here are doing foster care and adoption and it's that your love for children and for God's people, and that's amazing, I bless you in that. And there was a uh, close friends of ours that God laid on their heart to adopt, and my wife and I's counsel to them they were fairly close to us. I was like, ooh, you really got your hands full here already. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should wait a while. And we don't always give good advice. Uh, so uh, they said, God has just really laid this on our heart. And it will take months before everything is cleared. Okay. So we joined them in prayer. And then a couple of weeks later, the paperwork sailed through. And a week later, they got a call that there's this mother in Tallahassee, interestingly Florida, who uh, uh, has cancer, uh, drug issues, uh, alienated from her family, has 18-month twin girls, and she needs to give them up as soon as possible. And she chose you to be their adopted parents. Uh, So we wept with them and prayed, and they jumped in the car and drove to Tallahassee and brought back these amazingly beautiful twin girls. As they uh, shared with us, they were burdened. They said, um, the twin's mother, Tracy, uh, doesn't know Jesus that we know of. And One of our goals was to share Jesus with Tracy. It just didn't seem right. The way the things went, we never had the opportunity. It just didn't feel right. And they were struggling with guilt. We failed. Because one of these days, we're going to tell these twins about Jesus. And they're going to give their heart to Jesus in faith, believing and praying that. And then they're going to look at us and say, is my mommy in heaven? Why didn't you tell my mommy about Jesus? They said, we don't want to... Face that question. You've got to lay that burden on their heart. And a few months later, they um, told us, We're going back to Florida. We're going to drive down and we're going to meet up with Tracy and just give her an update on the girls. And we want to tell her about Jesus. And uh, three days before they were ready to leave, Tracy died of her cancer. And they wept. We missed the opportunity. And then they discovered that uh, the twins had trouble sleeping, one would expect. And they would take turns, husband and wife at night, getting up and rocking the twins. And without talking to each other, they had decided that for these months, they would pray as they rocked. One of the girls, they would pray for Tracy. Night after night, they prayed for Tracy. After she died, they discovered they were both doing that. God had laid them on their heart. But she died, and we failed. So a year later, they uh, decided to bring the twins back to Tallahassee to who uh they wanted to, the twins to grow up knowing the extended family the f- extended family was open to that they had a delightful time and in one of those visits um, with uh, someone who wasn't a Christian they uh, long details there but they, it was obvious that they were Christian and this person said oh you know I have a Christian friend and before Tracy died I called my Christian friend in Tallahassee and I said, you know, I have this, there's this girl I know that's uh, in the hospital in hospice and would you want to go visit her? And uh, we think she did. Uh, we'll call her. So right there on the spot they called and uh, got this lady on the phone and our friends got to talk to uh, this lady, a Christian lady. And here's this lady's story. She said, I got this call, and I just sensed that God said, take this serious. So I went in, and I visited Tracy. And for 30 days, every day, this lady went in, prompted by the Spirit to be a fearless ambassador. And I just talked with Tracy. One day Tracy asked me and said, what do you want from me? Everybody who is my friend wants something from me. What do you want? And this Christian lady said, I just want to be your friend. And three weeks or so uh, into the visit, um, it seemed right. The door was open and this Christian invited Tracy to give her heart to Jesus. Tracy said, Tracy said, yes. I'd like to do that. And five days later, she died. So one day, our friends will look their sweet daughters in the eye and say, Your mommy's in heaven. Would you like to give your heart to Jesus too? Or some version of that. I know the older you get, the more sentimental you get, but this is a very moving story to me. I'm so excited that we can be ambassadors. Let's pray. Worship team, and here's a prayer that I invite you to uh, pray with me. Just please stand. Uh, here's a prayer that I've been praying, and I just pray this for you, and let's pray it for each other. All together.